All right, everybody, welcome back to the reading of Mr. Bauer's book entitled Christianity Exposed. And we are on the page 15, and we'll start there, where we left off last time. If you're enjoying the book, if so please make comments. Let me know how things are going with you on it. Try to get this read as well, I don't want to say as quickly as possible, as much as I want to say as efficiently as possible. Um, I like reading books aloud, I like listening to books aloud, and uh, I just wanted to do this as a gift for all the listeners who are deep researchers. Page 16. In clear language, man must not think and think religious and believing he really does not think about gathering the contradictions of his dream world together to recognize them as contradictions and to resolve them. He must accept them raw as they are given, and he must swallow them like stones. He really must have no thought of grinding and digesting them. Hang on just a second. Let me turn down the outer world here. When two rabbis contradict each other, a Jew still must believe that both are right, and likewise a Christian must revere the most obvious contradictions of Revelation as perfect truth. If the Gospels directly contradict each other in their assertions, he must believe both or the threefold or fourfold assertions, each as the perfect true one. Even if a human sacrifice is really bloody, it does no harm. The first seemingly impartial passivity of mind eventually becomes a rage against thinking and human action. This passivity dreams and boasts with its dream, but it becomes peevish when a sober person wants to read it and interpret it, that is, to expose it as a dream. The dream will not be explained. Through its assertions, ignorance does not want to banish ignorance, but to secure and increase it. Page 17. Shows forth the secret, but unavoidable and urgent doubts about belief, language, and they need, they needed for a long time. The contradiction of this revelation makes people internally miserable and unhappy. 
its insecurity is the misfortune of humanity and in the sign of an attitude which basically and for all times cannot be well disposed towards man. This revelation is the self-deception of man about its nature and what makes people more unhappy than the consciousness or the feeling to have missed one's true calling. What gives us a more irritable mood? What is more unjust against all the interests of life? What divides us from, divides us more from society and finally makes us go berserk against our fellows more than our own inner voice that we always try to repress, but that still continuously calls to us, quote, you are not what you should be and you will not be what you want to be. Heading 1.5, the misfortune of religious consciousness. Quoting from Edelman, Edelman says, quote, if God created humans only to have them shuddering and sighing in this world, the world they know, with what right may a person promise himself that in the future God will be able to treat them with more gentleness in an unknown world. And that's Edelman, page 245. And he continues, quote, religion butters us up with a lot of promises. Not only does it rarely if ever ask if we are unhappy or not, but it destroys as much of our happiness in this life as there is to be found by denying that we keep our goodness created by our creator. To be loved by religion, we have to remain poor sinners all our life long. All organization and longing in our hearts must be only evil from youth on always. We must sin every day and earn temporal death and eternal damnation for our sins. We have to pay for the forgiveness of our sins at high prices, page 18, at excessive prices. But still, we do not rid ourselves of them all our life long. In short, as original sinners, we must enter this world as true sinners. We must live in it and finally must leave it as poor sinners. I ask everybody who is in good use of his sense and reason, with what reason do you hope that a religion that lets you live so unhappily and disconsolate at each moment could make you happy after your death. He concludes, quote, If we would promise the pastors a thousandfold, yes, endless rewards for their services in the other world or in the future eternal life, they would soon stop their handiwork 
if we refuse to give them something in their hands and their mouths here in this life. But we are so dull that we expect all the good that they promise us only in the other life. On the other hand, we let them take away from us the real good that we already own in this life. For example, freedom of our thoughts, conscious, conscience, unlimited use of reason, proper use of creature comforts. This is just reward. This is a just reward for the superstition that we enslave ourselves so willingly to so willingly and blindly. This is a fair return for the carelessness with which we have examined the world so far in expectation of a future insecure happiness we disregard a secure temporal happiness Edelman page 245 and 246 unquote the promise of future blessedness is like the preaching of reconciliation to be blessed in the future, we have to regard ourselves as miserable in true life. To become reconciled, we have no regard ourselves as wicked, or rather irredeemable and incurable sinners first. Once we have let this catch us and have made ourselves miserable in this life, we are completely torn apart within ourselves. And it is our first duty to fall apart within ourselves. Where shall the inner peace come from? When every moment that sees us happy and content accuses us of violation of our first Christian duty. Here's a quote. If one wants to state that the Lord Jesus Christ has announced to humans the pending, forgiving, or taking away of their sins because he wanted to become a reconciliation sacrifice for them. This trick makes the honest man a liar, obviously. Because before all the world's eyes, it is clear, page 19, that through death of the Lord Jesus, neither the sin of humans has been removed, nor has God been reconciled. Au contraire, never have we had more poor sinners and never a more outrageous God since the gospel of Christ was spread and the so-called office of reconciliation was preached. And he continues, if Jesus came to notice new and formerly unknown sins like original sin. And the so-called sinful thoughts, how could he justly say about himself that he came to make people blissful? It is such a great bliss to learn that we are conceived and born in sin, that we are already possessed by the devil in our mother's womb, that we are born as the devil's children, that we earned God's fury and disgrace 
temporary death and eternal damnation without being guilty ourselves, that despite total redemption, which supposedly occurred for us, every hour, every moment, we must fear that the devil will get us into his hands once more, and one day he will torment. Exactly because he would save his people from their sins, he would not have saved his people by adding new kinds of sins to the old ones that had already been thought out by the pastors and by wanting to restrict the freedom that humans possess since creation more and more, unquote, Edelman, page 250 and 251. The only connection of the whole system and its only interest for modern humanity is the contradiction in which its parts stand to each other. This contradiction stimulates the enlightened to deal with it theoretically until it has been solved through its contradiction. The self-created misery of real life is proof that in this way man knows only the negative to counsel himself. Amid all his fears and concerns, that he refrained from. That he remained, that he remained, that he refrained from soiling himself. Top of page 20. He does not have time to wash himself and show his face to the world as it was created by nature and animated by the free spirit. His fear of himself, dissolves all true knowledge, self-esteem, and love for humanity. Still, they tell the believer to love the highest being, which first and most importantly he must fear. How can he do that? Quote, They say the fear of the Christian is a childish fear, but words don't change the substance of the issue. A son who fears his father, who can never reasonably mistrust his fury, must fear his arbitrariness, will never truly love him. A son who fears his father, who can never reasonably mistrust his fury, who must fear his arbitrariness, will never truly love him. Quote from Belanger. Well, it won't be denied that likewise God's love for humans is a religious doctrine. Humanity indeed cannot fall so deep that it would throw itself away completely, irredeemably and irrevocably. It can throw itself away. Religion is this throwing away of itself. But humanity will recollect itself again and learn to respect itself. It will mangle itself. Religion is this bloody sacrifice. But it will reconcile itself again. It, it cannot escape from itself because it is everything, even the nothing in religion into which it throws itself only 
its own deed, its own arbitrary fantasy, and its own wretchedness. Therefore, love, self-respect, and reconciliation with oneself are a teaching and deed of religion, and necessarily so. But it's love, it's arbitrary, it's self-respect immediately changes back into self-despising and self-mistrust. Reconciliation cannot take away that conflict. Love and hate, self-respect and self-castigation, reconciliation and conflict alternate with each other tumultuously. They follow each other with the ferocity of fever heat and they just don't neutralize each other enough to stop this wild game. Humanity pushes itself off from itself and reveal and reels back to itself just to throw away itself again in the next moment. Stop itself from falling because in religion it has lost its true center in itself. And we will end page 20 there and subsequently the reading for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to click here, not the herd, for this special Lay Bauer Day reading of Mr. Bauer's book, Christianity Exposed. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, I encourage you to do so by using the tool of email. Click here, podcast at protonmail.com is your tool to be aimed at PayPal as a donation. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next reading.